0: Welcome to today's episode of the Building Builders podcast, a podcast made for contractors. In this episode, we are joined by Daniel Yates to talk about the importance of humanizing construction workers and how that can help companies hire and retain people.
1: Hey, Daniel. uh, Thanks for joining us. Um, Really uh, awesome to have you on uh, Building Builders uh, podcast.
2: Yeah, thanks for asking me to come join. I know I've I've heard a lot of good things about you and your people, and it's been a pleasure talking with Luke and ready to hop in. Talking to you too, Get to know you a little bit. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I've been, uh, I've been looking forward to it. Um, you know, Daniel, maybe just to get started, uh, um, just a high level to uh, you could share with our, uh, listeners, anyone who may not know, um, tell us, uh, what you're up to. Um, you know, what, what do you, uh, what do you do?
2: Yeah. So it's, I'm trying to figure that out a little bit more each and every day. <laughs> um, but the, from a, from a very high level, I do, you know, I have a business, my wife and I, we, we own it and we help construction companies with their marketing. And then we also do some general consulting um, when it comes to helping with uh, employee retention and talent acquisition, as well as just kind of making processes better. So we have that outside perspective that we can bring in. We talk to lots of contractors and kind of connect people together where, where they uh, we think they need to be connected. Um, so... On a, on a lower level, kind of more in the weeds, the marketing side, we do everything from, you know, photographing and videoing people of the company so we can really highlight them to building, you know, good websites so that the public and, uh, you know, potential new hires, potential clients, et cetera, can find them and actually know what, you know, what these companies are about. Um, and then we also help them with their social media. So we'll write posts and uh, really focus on people stories not just you know your typical corporate marketing bs you know we we're, we're really here to put true real authentic stories out because that's what attracts uh people and that's the biggest problem that the industry's facing right now is bringing new people in and keeping them around
1: love it uh, yeah I, I love the word uh when you say authentic it's one of our uh one of Dozer's uh, founding principles—we talk about being authentic and true to yourself—almost uh, every single day here uh, at, uh, at Dozer. So, one of the reasons why I'm pretty excited to chat. I think uh, I think we're going to have a lot of similarities. So, how long have you uh, been doing this for?
2: Yeah. So, the construction side. So, so backing up a little bit, I have zero blue collar background. It's interesting. I grew up uh, just outside of Austin, Texas, in the suburbs, and. My dad was a data analyst and my mom was a stay-at-home mom. I don't have an uncle in construction or anything like that. Um, But I picked up a camera in high school and, you know, shortly after, uh, started a video production company, got married about six months later and realized I actually had to make some money, you know, (laughs) had to pay (laughs) some bills and um, started working with, you know, just all sorts of different industries. Uh, If, if I, Morally agreed with what I was being asked to do, and I thought I could tell a good story. I'd say yes, and I'd do it. Um, a couple years in, two or three years in, I'd been filming this uh, this relay race. It was a 200-mile foot race from close to Austin, Texas, down to Houston, Texas. Um, and the CEO or the CFO of a local construction company, a local civil company, uh, reached out and sent me an email afterward and he said, Hey, I saw this video you did for this race. I ran the race, loved it. We need something like this for our company. And I kind of scratched my head a little bit. I was like, why does a construction company need a, a video? You know, I didn't, didn't really register to me. And, and I thought about it a little bit more and I was like, Oh, well, I have no idea what they do. That's, that's why they need a video. Um, so right. I went out on site with them. Um, you know, we just, I think the first project we did was we went through like two or three different projects and they do most, mostly uh, you know subdivisions so they'll do all the all the earthwork all the utilities all the way up to you know making sure that paving and curb and everything's in and then they turn it over to the builders um, mm-hmm. and I remember just going out to this massive subdivision site you know they had they had pipe going in the ground they were still doing they had, you know big trenchers we're in we're in central texas and so we use trenchers a lot out here Um, We had cut and fill going. So they were moving all kinds of earth and I'd never been around, you know, these big machines or big pieces of equipment. Um, And so my mind was just blown just at the scale of the project. And and the fact that this all happens right underneath the public's nose, like the company, the company was located, is located five minutes from the house that I grew up in. It's been there since the 80s. Well, before I was born, I had no idea it was there. No idea. The project that I went to, the first project I set foot on, ten minutes from the house I grew up at, absolutely oblivious, right? And I, you know, I realized while I was there, you know, there, the general public has no idea that this is happening, yet it affects their daily life so, mm-hmm. so much. You know, you can't. Yeah, you know, I kind of put the picture together in my head. The, the puzzle pieces all started to fall together. Like, you can't flush your toilets. You can't drive down the road. You don't have, mm-hmm. you know, your your basic needs: your your food, water, shelter, clothing, et cetera. Without the blue collar world, without people coming in and laying the foundation, paving the way for those, uh, those all all of the infrastructure that supports that, right? Um, and so the picture kind of started to form in my mind of like, wow. This is really important work. People don't know anything about what's happening or the people doing it. Um, obviously the machinery is badass, and I was, you know, <laughs> fell in love with that a little bit, but the, the biggest thing was the people. And to yeah. this day, my North Star is the people. Um and, and I realized that, you know, I coming from a, a household that was more white collar, if you will, to stick with the terminology. Um, I didn't. My parents weren't talking down on you know people who were blue collar or anything like that. But there's a societal stigma that if you work with your hands, if you work outside, if you work in construction, whatever, right? Landscaping, mining. um, You know, you you ran out of options, or you're not very smart. You didn't go to college, or you know you're a little bit dirty. Maybe you have a record. Like there's all this stuff that goes through people's heads because. Society has controlled the narrative of what it means to be a blue collar worker. And within 10 minutes, I'm talking to guys while I'm out there, and they would give me the shirt off their back, and I'm not joking. <laughs> like, Word. they're salt of the earth people. You know, 90, 95%, 99% of the people you meet are salt of the earth people out there. And uh, it just saddened me to know that, like, I grew up thinking differently. And so many people think differently because they just never get the chance to actually see who these people are and the fact that they have such an important job on the day-to-day. So my North Star that day became helping blue-collar people feel seen, valued, and heard. And it just so happens that that's very advantageous to the companies that we work with because if they genuinely care about their people, then they're able to highlight their people, make them feel valued, make them feel seen and heard, and help them feel like they have a place there and a purpose, which is I think a lot more than if, if they do that right, they're doing better than a lot of the other industries that they're competing with.
1: I uh I love this so much, Daniel. You know, I I, I come from the trades myself, you know, um I have have been building projects for many, many years. Uh you know, there there's so much here. I I feel like um I feel like the whole system is set up to hide construction. You know, it's like nobody wants to, uh, see or hear it. It should just happen, you know, sort of, uh, at night. So it doesn't impact me. Um, but there's such important, such amazing work happening by such great people. Um, I just, I love that you're, you know, spending this time, um, you know, trying to share these stories. Right. I mean, it, it gets me thinking about like, just how proud people are, uh, when they, they build these projects, you know, if, if, I'm sure you've been in, you know, in, in, in a truck with somebody before driving by and they say, Hey, I, I built that, right. Like, you know, everyone, you know, uh, growing up seems to have a, a grandma or grandpa's like, Hey, uh, I built that house or, you know, Hey, you know, I built that landscape over there. See that tree? I planted that you know 50 years ago and look at the size of it like it it meant something right um mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I actually have a story uh for yourself so i i do this to my kids all the time like it's just like uh, it's very familiar i, I did it uh, a few days ago i take them skating uh in downtown guelph and uh <laughs> i remind them every single time we're down there at that skating rink Hey, who built this road? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> daddy did. <laughs> right? Like nice. actually laying the bricks on that road is like uh, something that I am incredibly proud of. Uh yeah. and you know, there's so many people that just don't get that chance to hi- tell that story and it's it's hidden. We're we're hiding the stories and you're bringing them out. Super cool.
2: Don't ever don't yeah. ever stop telling them that. And they'll tell their <laughs> kids and you got to keep it up. People got to know that you helped build that road.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep telling those stories. I just, uh, yeah, I, I just absolutely love it. So uh, let me ask you a couple questions. What, um, what kind of things inspire you most when you're out on these job sites, uh, you know, with, uh, the people that you're shooting?
2: Yeah, that's a,
1: gosh, that's a great question.
2: Um, I think, the most inspiring thing to me is is ultimately the humility behind, you know, behind a lot of these people, and and they show up to work each day to support their family, and they are literally working their ass off day in and day out, and I talk to them, and ninety percent of them, their family has no idea what they do each and every day. Their family has not been to a job site. Their family has no idea what they go through. You know, the, you know the companies that we work with aren't the kind that are necessarily chewing their people out or or, you know giving them a hard time but a lot of these people are getting you know bitched at all day long um about silly stuff and then they come home and they have to be on for their families and it's it's a hard industry to work in but yet they have so much humility that they that they put that time and that effort in um and and they care they care about the people around them a lot too. I think that's one of the coolest things is that they spend equal to or more time with the people that they're on the job with than they do with their actual family. And so they're second family. Um, and you can really see that you know whether it's how how uh, they got each other's back when it comes to safety or whether it's um, you know just talking to one of you know I can go and talk to a foreman and he can tell me about each and every one of his guys and if you know, he can tell me about basically their life story because they've worked together for 15, 20 years, all, you know, oftentimes. And so that's, that's really inspiring to me. I think on the other side of the coin, something that's been inspiring to me a lot lately is, is when I run into, you know, young guys mm-hmm. and young, young men and women both working in the field um, and mm-hmm. how they're fired up, you know, they're, they're excited, you know, number one to get their picture mm-hmm. taken and, and all sorts of stuff like that. But um they're genuinely excited about the work that they're doing because they do recognize that it's important and they do recognize that not there are, there aren't hundreds of thousands of other people who are going to do it. If they don't, there's not, there really isn't. And that they know that. And so I think there's this, this, this dichotomy of extreme humility, but also deep pride in what they do. And that's, I think that's special. You can't find I don't think you can find that in many other places
1: yeah i i agree and you know it's funny you say that there's uh you know not enough people you know heading into the trades right i mean it, it is a fantastic career <laughs> so much pride you know um coming out of it uh, i love what i do now i definitely miss what i was doing um you know it's a, uh, it's it's a difficult and great spot all at the same time um your When you're, um, you know, getting into these job sites and you meet, you know, the people you're going to take photos of, um, do you, do you dive right in and just start, you know, uh, taking pictures or like, is there a process? Do you start, uh, you know, asking questions and learning, learning their stories, uh, first?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it depends on the job and kind of when I show up, you know, if I show up in the morning, I'm usually there for the morning meetings. I'm going over all the JJ's and everything and, you know, just listening in to see, kind of how they do things because one of the other things that I'm always doing is I want to make sure that the companies that we're working with are true to their word when they say that they do care about their people and I don't want you know if I see something that isn't doesn't line up with what the company stands for or what they've told me that they stand for I want to let them know and not not in the sense of saying hey that so-and-so said or did this but in the sense of hey I know we've talked about this in the past how can we make this a reality because I've seen that maybe it's not the way that you think it is in the field. Um, so sometimes, you know, I'm listening in on that. Um, other times, you know, I might show up to a second job site in the day and I'll show up in the middle of the day and I'll just kind of go up to the first person I see. And, and you know, if they're, let's say it's a dozer operator, you know, if he's waiting on tracks, I might, you know, say, hey, can I come talk to you? And I'll go up on the tracks and talk to him for a bit, kind of get to hear his story. I would say I spend about half the time in the field, um, usually talking to the people, uh, because that's how you actually get their story. I can take, you know, badass pictures of excavators, you know, bombing trucks and, uh, you know, loaders laying gravel and, you know, in in the pipe bedding and stuff like that. But uh, if I don't have something deeper than that behind the photo, especially if I'm writing a post about that person, at the end of the day, it's just a cool photo. And so, I really want to give a voice to those people. So I try to spend as much time as I can, without obviously taking away from their productivity, uh, (laughs) talking to them, and and really getting to know them. Because I also, me being there, I I recognize is is a way that they feel valued and seen and heard. Um, and so giving them the opportunity to share, you know, their story with me, and thus the world. I think is is one of the most important aspects of what I do.
1: So two two follow up questions on this: Do they? Does it take long for them to open up? Uh, you know, and tell their story. Uh, and then uh, two: Is what's the story normally? Is it? Uh, do they talk about the job site like the job that day? Do they talk about previous work? Are they talk like so much is going through my head? Are they talking about you know their their life, their family, why they're doing this? Um, you know where where does the the conversation normally head?
2: Yeah. Great question. Um, so it, I mean, it, obviously it depends on each person's level of comfortability, but I, I would say it's pretty rare that I had, I have somebody who's just not interested in or not willing to open up. Um, but what I always lead with is just explaining why I'm there. Um, if they don't know why I'm there, I explain, Hey, what you do is really important. I'm here to show it off to the world. Cause these people, usually there's a road, a road near the site. And I say these people driving by, have no idea what the hell you do or how important it is. So I'm just here to show that off because what you do matters and what you do is really important. And like your job is, you, you have a badass job, you support society. And so I kind of give them that, that validation and, and remind them of the purpose and the great, the greatness of their purpose that they have right. being on site that day. Um, and a lot of the time that kind of, it, it plays into their pride of, of what they're, happy about the, you know, their work. And, um, it also kind of helps them to open up a little bit and be like, okay, this guy understands a little bit of what's going on in my head too. Um, and so then I try to steer the conversation towards, you know, whatever they'll open up about, but I, I like to hear about their family. I like to hear about how they got into construction in the first place. Um, you know, I like to hear about what they, what they love about the company they're working for. I like to hear about what they would change if they had the opportunity to, uh, which And I think it's it's cool because as somebody who doesn't work for these companies directly, it puts me in a unique position where I'm able to then, um, in, in some instances, take that information and say, wow, I've heard from three different people that they really, you know, they, they really think there's disconnect with dispatch on their trucking. And they really think that this is the solution, but nobody's maybe brought it up to somebody at a higher level. And so then I can go sit down with the right person and I can say, hey, not naming names. I've heard that this is an issue from, I've, I've kind of made sure that I've done my due diligence. It sounds like this is an issue across the board. What are your thoughts on that? Has this come up? You know, is this something that's been talked about? And then I, I can be a vehicle almost uh, for, for some of that feedback that maybe they didn't have the right, you know, they didn't have the opportunity to set up a meeting with the right person or
1: right. Uh,
2: they don't have, maybe they don't feel they have the voice that, that they do have to go and talk to that person. Um, So it's cool. It's, it really can go any different direction. Um, it just depends on, depends on the individual. You know, there's some guys who will talk to me about it. There's just one guy I've I've talked to a few times and he's got, he's taking care of both of his parents right now. Um, at his house, he's got two kids, his wife and both of his parents have dementia and they're living with them on the couches Mm -hmm. and like, it's a hard time, but I can talk to him about that and he'll open up and, and, it's special, like when you get to give somebody the space to talk about that and get to see their character and who they are as a person. Because then, I'm not going to put plaster on social media. Hey, this person yeah. has this going on in their life, but I can speak to the attributes that they have as an individual and that they are strong and still showing up to work, even though life is not easy right now.
1: Right. I so, love that you can still be respectful, but you know, uh, showcase some of the attributes. That's really cool.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Dozer, an online marketplace for heavy equipment rentals across North America. Partnering with thousands of rental houses, Dozer provides contractors with access to local suppliers, transparent pricing, mobile ordering, and an industry-leading payment option of 0% interest for 60 days. Go to dozer.com to find your next heavy equipment rental. That's D-O-Z-R dot
1: So you've had a lot of these conversations. If you were to you know, aggregate them um, and say, uh, you know, this is the most common, you know, positive thing. What I love about the job, and the most common, you know, this is what I'd, uh, what I'd change. What, what are those uh, messages that you're hearing? Mm-hmm. If I had to choose the most common
2: thing that people enjoy about the job. I think it's it's the feeling that they are actually getting to see the work completed they you know what they do is tangible they can see the progress every day and it's just not the case in a lot of jobs and I think they understand that they understand that you know going and, and sitting behind the desk like I, I I do that myself but I don't see as much, as much you know as many tangible results as I wish I did sometimes um, yeah but they understand that like their job is unique in that sense and and that that's something really matters to them and, and being outside as well as another thing um a lot of folks really like to be in the outdoors and don't want to be cooped up inside of an office or, or right. whatever right a warehouse or whatever um i think the the thing that people have kind of complaints about the most or or concerns about the most tend to be in the in the world of communication um and so I think a lot of it is just, a, you know, I'm having a hard time getting information from somebody, or I'm having a hard time, you know, I have to jump through these hoops to get this or that. Um, and so a lot of the time, it's, it's a frustration about some sort of process that could be more efficient, or, uh, you know, or a lot of the time, it, you know, it might, it might come back to a, a certain individual. Um, who needs a little bit more training on how to lead or how to uh, communicate more effectively, right? And so, it just depends. But that's that's a common one that I run into.
1: That's some awesome feedback for uh, any uh, listeners or uh, you know uh, business owners. Uh, you know we uh, we hear the same thing. Communication's key. Um, you, you you can't over communicate, right? So um, yeah good, good, good feedback. Um, also just wanted to say, uh, I really, um, uh, you know, kind of recognize or, uh, feel the same thing with, you know, doing tangible work. Uh, I, I, went to school for landscape architecture. I came out and, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed designing. Uh, I hated AutoCAD, <laughs> I, you know, I finished school and I'm like, oh boy, I, uh, I don't want to sit and do AutoCAD and absolutely nothing against, you know, those who do AutoCAD. It just wasn't for me, right? I mean, uh, so I, I ended up pivoting and, uh, started a construction company, a landscape construction company, because, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to plant those, uh, those plants and lay the brick. And, you know, I, I wanted to, to feel it and I wanted to see at the end of the day, this is, this is what I, what I had done. And, uh, you know, many years later, it gets back to the earlier comments of, not only was it cool to uh, to do the work in the moment and see it at the end of the day, but you know now to have you know kids you know using it and uh, seeing it like it's very very cool. So um, again, I just really recognize it or uh, um, you know align with much of what you're saying. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about a uh, little bit more about, you know, the job and the work that you're doing. Uh, um, we, we noticed that you've been doing a lot of work with a company in Texas called uh, uh, Cash uh, Construction. Uh, we'd yeah. love to hear, you know, a little bit more, you know, just as an example of, uh, you know, what you're at, uh, doing out there
2: yeah so so cash is actually it's it's the first company you know the cfo of that company reached out to me and and that's kind of how i ended up in the in the construction world i really have him to thank for a lot uh of kind of the direction that my career's gone and i'm thankful really thankful and grateful because it's it's where my passion is truly um but yeah man where cash was when I started working with them in 2018 I think versus where it is today they have had so much positive change um, and, and I'm not I'm not relating that. that that sounds really arrogant that's not that's not all due to me by any means um, but I think they're a fine example of really honing in on what matters to the people at their company and then, trying to put in place the right leadership. and then being willing to let leaders who aren't on the same mission or on the same path make the decision to leave, uh, even when it puts some constraints on on you know needing to hire a new person or even when it, uh, it's difficult, right? It's hard to let people who maybe don't fit the culture well go. But they've been able to do that and then replace them with people who really help take them on the on the direction that they're headed, that they're wanting to head. Um, and I think that's been one of the biggest things that they've done that has helped them be successful and, and continue to grow and, and be a better workplace for people. Right. You, you It helps fix those communication errors. And sometimes it's moving people from. one role to another role. Sometimes it's horizontal movement, right? Or vertical movement, even though just, hey, this might not be the role for you. Do you feel like you align more with our mission in this role? And really being willing to develop people. Um, And that's something that they are doing more and more. Um, I think in the last year, they hired on a training manager who's now doing all sorts he's he's doing everything from OSHA 30 training with the guys so that they have all of the you know proper credentials and stuff they need to do some bigger jobs and also so that they have a broader understanding of not just what they need to do but also why they need to why they need to work certain ways to be safe in in some of the more uh more technical aspects of the job i guess and then you know He'll train them in things from that to, you know, offering uh span, you know, basic construction Spanish class for English speakers and basic English constru- construction English class for Spanish speakers. Just to help bridge that communication gap. Um, right. and, and that's just a really, I think, a really neat example of what something that they've been doing in terms of training and development for, um, for their people and really choosing to invest in them. Um,
1: you know I gotta say um, you know I was, I was commenting earlier about how important it is to communicate and, and how you can't over communicate right uh, I feel like a subtle difference that um, you know you may be inspiring um, or contributing to you know <laughs> 10,000 foot view <laughs> from from the <laughs> outside here uh, is uh, you know by showcasing these stories um, you might be giving you uh, you know, a way for, um, the company to listen as well. Right. It's one thing for leaders to communicate and talk, you know, or maybe talk at, you know, their team members, uh, it's an entirely different thing to, to listen. And, and you, for, you know, great communication, it really has to be a two way street, uh, and to be able to, you know, recommend and, and, you know, open up those doors and those opportunities for people to be able to advance within, you know, your organization, you, you really need to know, you know, everything you need to know what they love. Why do they love doing it? The why is so important. It's not the what it's the why, uh, and then, you know, try and find opportunities for those great people to, uh, to continue doing what they love, um, and expanding. So, um, yeah, again, I I think, uh, you know, very cool stuff that, that you're doing there. Um, well,
2: swinging back, I mean, I, I think it. One of the things that I think started, kind of kickstarted, and there's there's a whole slew of other things that I think are, are really neat that they're doing. But one of the things that I think kickstarted some of the changes that they had was identifying their core values, right? And I know that's very mm-hmm. cliche, very like, okay, we have a set of values now, and that's going to change everything. And I don't think that they took it that way. What they did though was they involved every single employee from field to office, um, Mm -hmm. you know, from from C-level down in deciding what those core values were going to be and what actually mattered. So rather than saying, hey, we're going to create this new culture, they said, okay, what is is our culture currently? What do people care about currently? And then let's lean into that strength. Um, And I think that that was... That was a really smart move on their part because it's created buy-in. It's not just the leader's vision for all of the people. It's everybody has buy-in to the way that the direction that they're going. Um, and it's it's kind of set the stage for a lot of this other good change that they have. And, and, and something that just came to mind, you know, we're on the Building Builders podcast. One of the things that, you know, the Nathan uh, there their uh, executive VP talks about is that they're builders at heart and they want like their goal is to help people build their careers and help them essentially develop into the people that they want to become. And so what better, what better place to be talking about than right here on the Building Builders
1: (laughs) podcast? yeah and, and it must be true if uh if we're talking about it all the way over here right yeah, and, uh, yeah. right it, it's uh, it's something that uh, everyone can remember and and um you know live by uh, is this uh is this making it easier for them with uh with recruitment um you know th- telling these stories
2: yeah so so kind of yeah going over to more of what i'm doing um with them and so we we started out just doing some kind of one-off projects and then that turned into uh doing kind of a monthly visit with them every month where i go out for a day and i visit a handful of sites and get to know the people like we're talking about and uh then i you know write these posts and help them kind of run their social media that kind of thing and help also raise awareness for these guys so that they can you know these, these guys and gals can show their family they can see that they're you know they're on facebook working you know there's a picture of me driving this haul truck, right? And I get to show my kids that and they've never seen that before. And um, I've, I've really gotten to see, and, and especially in a couple of instances, but I've really gotten to see kind of a level of pride and almost loyalty uh, grow within the company just from people recognizing that the company is willing to invest in something as simple as that. Because it goes a long way. It goes a long way being able to show your kid, hey, this is me standing in front of my, you know, my. 80 ton excavator, right? Like that's, that's, that's so cool. You know, a lot of people don't get that opportunity to share that with their family. And and that's personal. That's really makes it something that they take home. Um, And so that's been one of the biggest changes that I've seen though, since we started working with them is that early on they were, you know, they had a lot of the same people issues, uh, when it came to field personnel and trying to fill roles and, and whatnot, that everybody's, you know, fe- everybody's feeling the hurt on that. I just talked to their current recruiter, uh, which I, you know, I work with her pretty frequently. So I'm, I'm always chatting with her, but I hadn't asked about it in a while. And I was talking to her probably a month ago and she told me she's been there for eight months and she has yet to have to truly pursue filling a single field position role because they just constantly have a, uh, You know, they constantly have either people staying with the company and not leaving, or they have somebody there to fill that role because the people are that, you know, the the culture is that ingrained in the people and they want their friends to come work there. And so, you know, people know that the company is there. They know that the company is invested in their people. um, And I think that's a mix of, you know, work that that their leadership has done, as well as, you know, what we've done with putting the story out there, making them known. Uh, to the world, because otherwise, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that just people don't know that they're there unless you unless you are deep into the deep into the civil market or whatever you know the mining market locally whatever it is right? right you probably don't know every single company that is in that space and so the fact that we've been able to kind of help build their presence out there and showcase them as a contractor who cares and as a contractor who gives a voice to their people. Um, I think
1: it's made a big difference in that as well. Yeah. For most people on this, uh, you know, listening to this will know that is incredibly unusual <laughs> to, you know, not have a challenge with, uh, with recruiting and filling roles, uh, especially in construction. So yeah. definitely. I was blown away. Yeah. yeah. it's awesome. Great to hear. What, um, uh, so maybe a little bit different direction. Um, what's the the biggest uh misconception uh about construction that you hear out there
2: Whew, um that's a great question uh i think the the most common one is you know road construction is just a pain in the ass and it takes forever <laughs> and <laughs> you know it's just in my way right well it's like well what what are you driving on right now <laughs> a road right um yeah I think that's the most common one. I think that the largest misconception has to be with the people. The largest misconception is that people in the blue collar world are, are maybe standoffish or more rough around the edges or just not, not, uh, not as nice or kind. It's just false. It's just false. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's so very, wrong. yeah, yeah, but it's, it's very much a societal stigma that exists. It's a, it's a stereotype that exists. And, uh, I think it exists because as an industry, we've kind of, you know, faded into the background and said, you know, we're just going to be quiet over here. We're going to focus on building our work and and that's going to be enough. And at this point, it's not, it's not enough. We can't be quiet about the people that do the work. We can't be quiet about the importance of the work. We can't be quiet about the fact that that work needs done and we need more people to do it. (laughs) You know, as, as the, the, I think the fact that we, live in a society where the entire society does not realize that we have a major workforce shortage in a foundational in, in for, you know in in the industry that maintains all of our infrastructure and that we have a massive amount of aging infrastructure that needs maintained or replaced and a you know a huge amount of new projects coming in. You know, you see, you know, all the Amazon facilities going in, new Tesla gigafactories and You know, we've got a huge Samsung facility coming in here. You know, it's, it's all adds up. Um, And the fact that society as a whole does not realize that and isn't alarmed by it means that we need to be louder and not just to each other, but we need to be louder in our conversation with those who are outside of the industry as well. We need to broaden our net when it comes to hiring. Uh, You know, we need to find different pawns to hire from, right? We're... We need to go try to get the barista from Starbucks who is tired of just making the same coffee order every single day and wants to do something more, you know, not knocking baristas, but some people want more to life than that. Um, We need the the person who's burnt out, who's been, you know, working uh, as an admin or working in accounting for, you know, 20 years. Uh, There's a, there's a lady that I uh, did a story, a, a video profile on, and she is a water truck driver. And she worked at, she worked in an office for 20 plus years and one day decided she was tired of it and she was trying to figure out what she wanted to do. She saw a semi drive past her and her husband and she said, I want to drive a truck. Within four weeks, she had her CDL and she became a water truck driver and she's been doing it for eight years now and she loves it. And she's the most joyful person I ever have run into on a job site. She loves it. And she came from this background that is like, if, if you get that office job and you go do that, you go to college, you know, that's the, that's the American dream that's laid out before you, right? And it, yet it's, it's screwed on so backwards when you look and see how much joy she has doing what she has, she's doing now, which is considered by society as a lesser than career or as a, an easier path.
1: That is an awesome story. <laughs> I, I absolutely yeah. love it. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's so many places to take that conversation, but it, it, it really reminds me again of, uh, going to school, you know, coming out and being like, okay, awesome. I've got my degree, um, learned lots of good stuff, met lots of good people, but this is not the path for me. <laughs> you know, I want to be outside. I want to, you know, I, I want to, um, you know, do that, that that tangible job. And that was really, a a really cool part of my, my career. Yeah. That was, thanks for sharing that. That was really cool. Um, So let me, a couple more quick questions. Um, Do you have any sort of uh, thoughts or opinions on how construction companies can uh, show appreciation to their workers? Mm.
2: Biggest thing you can do is listen. That's the biggest thing you can do. Create an open, open avenue of communication, even if it's, uh, even if it's inconvenient, even if it seems like an expense. Um, I think that as contractors, oftentimes there's a, there's, you know, there's, it's very black and white, right? There's, you've got your expenses and you have your profits and it falls on one side or another. And, the issue with that, of course, is there are things you can do that cost time now that are very hard to quantify on a piece of paper, the the exact yeah. amount of ROI or the exact amount of value that you're going to get in the future. Um, but this is one of those things that is without a doubt. Investing time in listening to your people will always pay off. The second thing is cr- figure out how to create an offer that people can't refuse to want to come work for you. Right? People want Mm -hmm. to learn, they want to grow, and not just in their job, they want to learn and grow as humans and individuals, right? If you can teach them how to make money, how to be more wealthy and more wise with what they have, what they're receiving Mm -hmm. from their job, if you can teach them how to be healthier with their lifestyle, the things that really matter in life that give Mm -hmm. them freedom to either, you know not have you know not have huge back problems from running a dozer for 25 years you know or you know to to be in better shape because they're eating they're not drinking a, a monster every morning and you know throwing down <laughs> three corner store hot dogs you know <laughs> like at lunch time um and and so those things go a long way and that's the stuff that should be invested in um. I think the, the other thing I will shamelessly plug is showing off and, and making sure that you have an actual visual visible presence online. Um, yeah. The amount of as much as contractors tend to hate social media, as much as I hate social media, as much as the average, <laughs> the average Joe might hate social media. It is such a useful tool when you use it right. And mm-hmm. the fact of the matter too is that the generation you're trying to attract is absolutely on it. It's absolutely on it, and you don't go market. You know, if if you're looking for if you're looking for a certain thing, you know, if you if you want if you want a customer to come buy your cars, you don't go market in a place where people can't afford your cars, right? You go where they are, where the people, where your customers are, and that's what it is at this. In this case, the people you're trying to hire are your customers, right? And you need to go where they are to get them. And so being able to tell your story, tell your people's story on social media, on your website, having a clear way to find you and a clear route to come and work for you is so important because every other industry that you're competing with for people has it.
1: Yeah. It's it's just true. (laughs) Um, I, I, I really agree with everything you're saying here. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> this, uh, this has been an awesome chat. I'm just kind of watching our time here a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, wanted to ask you one more question. We always ask everyone because we're, uh, you know, a, a construction company. Um, what's your favorite piece of equipment?
2: Um, man, that's a hard one. I've got to go with, I've honestly got to go with a trencher. Um, And I know that's a unique one. It's a unique one, but I've spent a fair amount of time around them. They're, you know, they're, they're pretty well utilized down here in, in Texas and in the Southwest. And um, I've actually gotten to run a few, which is pretty cool. And I've seen all different sizes of them. I think the biggest thing though is that that was the first piece of equipment that I ever walked up to and realized like, actually put two and together two and two together and realize what the hell was going on. And so right. that that sticks with me. Every time I see a Vermeer T you know <laughs> T uh T eleven fifty, right, I'm just right. like, that's that's what started it all, you know?
1: <laughs>
2: so I've gotta go with the gotta go with the trencher.
1: Yeah, that's cool most of uh, for from my career and, and most of what we see up here is uh you know much much smaller right? or at least maybe it's just my career i was seeing it with uh with landscaping and irrigation but uh yeah that big gear is super cool um yeah so anyways uh, daniel thank you so much this really has been a great conversation um yeah thanks for joining building building builders podcasts and i hope we uh hope we get a a chance to catch up in the future uh and talk some more
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate everything that you're doing, Kevin and Luke. I appreciate all your help getting me on here and getting me uh, set up and kind of figuring out the questions. Y'all are awesome.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode with Daniel Yates talking about the humanization of construction workers and why it's so important. If you enjoyed this episode, please review a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow us and Daniel on social media or watch all of our episodes on YouTube. And please make sure to subscribe. All links to social media channels and YouTube will be provided in the description of this episode. Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode.